0: Welcome to how the fuck did you get so confident? My name is Rebecca and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actress Victoria Park. We discuss finding and using your voice, leaving spaces brighter than when you entered them, enjoying what's in front of you since time isn't promised, and so much more. This is how the fuck did you get so confident? With guest Victoria Park. Hey, Victoria. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm so excited. I, we've never met. I know you by proxy because Kayla Compton, who was I've known since middle school and was my roommate in L.A. for a while, is friends with you. Via both of you being on the flash, correct?
1: Yes. Oh, wait, Valley's are you in correct. Vancouver right now? I am in Vancouver right now. You can't tell from this like hideous wallpaper behind me. I, I mean, no one can see this. But I kind of you can.
0: assumed it was an uh, extended stay situation. Yep. Um, that's
1: exactly what it is.
0: Uh, yeah, but that's exciting. And it's really exciting to hear that work is happening right now safely yes. amidst everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy to be back at work. It feels uh, like simultaneously wonderful and terrifying.
0: I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine everything yeah. is just not. I don't want to say not as fun, but in my head, it's like not as fun because you can't connect with people really in the same way.
1: Yeah. You're a bit more no, isolated. not as fun. Not as fun is is correct. I would say, well, yeah, because I mean, like, everyone's in their own zones, and it's, I'm so used to coming on to set and hugging everybody and talking to everybody, and so it's very weird to not hug and to only see the top half of everyone's faces. Um, It's also very sweaty and uncomfortable, but, you know, those (laughs) are things that people don't need to know. Yeah. I know. I can't,
0: I mean, the amount of, like, chin acne I've attained from mask wearing is...
1: It's real. It's
0: real. Um, But we got to do it. So, well, thanks again yep. for joining me. Um, I Kayla had mentioned you before in passing, just, like, as a new friend, and when I looked up on your Instagram, I saw, like, some really cool stuff that you have going on, like, Study Hall, which is your Instagram live that yeah. you, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you learn about different issues. Like, I, w- I was watching one um, about the Japanese internment in World War II, you have a redlining episode, a Tulsa race riots, and like uh, some interest in like the intersection of African-American and Asian-American history, um, yeah. which is just incredible. Um, so I saw that. <laughs> and then as of late, you're doing a YouTube series called Real Talk. And I watched the one today on uh, mental health awareness and what you've gone through with depression. And I am so impressed at how um, how curious, articulate, intelligent, vulnerable these things are. I mean, not everybody has the uh, I don't want to say bravery, because that's just a weird word, but like has the curiosity and compassion to talk about all this stuff. So I think that that's really cool that you're offering this information for people to consume um and because this podcast is about confidence I think that's a really those are really confident things to do how did you come up with that or or what made you start these these two projects
1: um, wow, that you just said a lot of really nice things. <laughs> I don't and I don't know how to take it yet. So just like give yeah, me a, yeah, second yeah. To, like, a minute. Yeah, take a minute. Take a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think well with study hall, um, I just am a huge nerd and I always have been. And I am a huge self-learner. So I never was really that excited about school. And then after I graduated school, I was like, wait, no, learning is actually really fun. And so I do a lot of self-learning. Just as you said, I'm a super curious person. And I, you know, back in, gosh, what was it, June or July after George Floyd was murdered and kind of America (laughs) the other half of America that was asleep kind of woke up and was like, oh, race relations, what? Um, I realized that maybe all this self-learning that I had been doing would be helpful to have like other people learn it as well. Um, and so I thought I'd give it a try. And then it did really well and got a really good response. And it was also really fun. It was also, to be honest, really terrifying because I am not you know, a history major or a teacher or anything. And so I was really nervous to teach people. Um, I was nervous to like get things wrong or I was nervous for people to be judgmental or um, I don't know, just plain mean, but everyone was really receptive of it and uh, it was a fun experiment to do.
0: Is that the first time that you sort of tackled, um, uh, really important issues to our world on like a, in a public setting?
1: Um, I don't think it's been the first time, but it was kind of the more, the most uh, formal, I guess, in putting together a whole like collection of topics to do and being really regimented about like every, I don't remember what it was like, every Tuesday or Wednesday at 11 o'clock, I'll be here and I'll be teaching on a new topic. Um, but I, I feel like, it's something that I obviously care about. And so it, I feel like I'm a pretty open book Mm. and on whether it's on social or whether it's with somebody I'm talking to face to face. So I'm sure it's come up before, but this was my first, like I am doing this and it's going to happen every week um, thing.
0: Do you (laughs) feel like doing it and, and you know, getting whatever response that you got, did that aid in you getting confidence at
1: all? That's a really good question. I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I'm thinking about, I don't know if it's an actual quote, but that quote where it's like, courage isn't the absence of fear, but it's like moving forward, even if you're afraid. I butchered that. But it's kind of the same thing. I think for me, this year, <laughs> before, you know, the world caught on fire, um, my goal was to just be more bold. And mm. anything that Anything that scared me, I saw as a sign to do. And I just kind of wanted to experiment with that this year. And so um, when I kind of had the first thought of maybe I want to do this, maybe I want to start my YouTube channel, whatever, I was initially afraid. And so then I was like, well, I guess I just have to do it now. And then after doing it, you realize it's not so scary. And I guess you do kind of grow in confidence because of that. Yeah,
0: I I was talking to another guest who said one of his – former um, I think it was an improv teacher was like it's better to be bold and wrong than tentative and right and Mm -hmm. you know obviously that's an improv specific note but it does like bleed over into to life is to make these bold choices and if you make a mistake take that um, constructive criticism as like a moment to grow and then Mm -hmm. continue on the path that you set out for yourself Um, so I love that notion of like being bold and noticing the things that maybe scare you and like leaning into that a little bit more instead of the opposite Um, yeah were you a confident kid
1: (laughs) Uh, no not at all I it's so funny when you reached out to even do this podcast because I was like, why, why would you reach out to me to do this podcast? <laughs> You're not the first I person feel... who has said that, actually. I know, and I and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I wonder if most people feel that way, though. Like, I wonder if the confidence that we um, show or display on the outside is uh, just so different from how we feel on the inside, because I feel like if you ask most people, they'd be like, oh, I don't feel confident at all. Um, but I think the reason I even did this whole boldness thing in 2020 is because I naturally am very the opposite. Um, I like to joke around that I'm afraid of everything. (laughs) Like literally everything is like scary to me and everything gives me anxiety. Um, and so that's even like why I did it, but growing up, yeah, I was very, very shy, very quiet. Um, my, one of my aunts, she used to well, she's still, to this day, she, like, makes fun of me because she's like, oh, yeah, like, when you were a little kid, we used to just be able to, like, put you somewhere, and you wouldn't move. You would just stand there and stare because I was just so scared of everything, and I just – I think it comes from being curious, too. Like, I just liked – I preferred to be a wallflower and, like, watch everything that's happening instead of, like, being in it, and I just – yeah, I was just super shy and super scared of <laughs> everything. Yeah,
0: were you, um, or are you an only child, or did you grow up with any siblings?
1: I Yeah, I have one younger brother um, okay, who so is, older. like, a class clown and super um, popular and successful and loud and, like, all the things that I'm not.
0: <laughs> yeah, did you feel any, like, as the older, older sibling, like, any responsibility to like be a certain way or teach your younger sibling anything or was that not really something that you thought about much?
1: Yeah I mean it was really interesting because um, I'm Korean American and uh, in a lot of Asian or Korean households um, the male children are given kind of preferential treatment. And so I always say that my brother and I, even though he's younger, I feel like we kind of more grew up like twins. Like, I feel like sometimes my parents treated him as he as older and me as the younger just because of our gender. Um, and then other times it was like I was older because I'm actually older. Um, and so I don't think I really felt any responsibility to like be confident for him and teach him or anything like that. Um, I think once we went to school and our personalities kind of just naturally came out, he kind of assumed the role of my protector. Um, and then our parents kind of reinforced that because of our gender. Um, Um, And so even though technically I'm older, I feel like in a lot of ways, I felt a lot like the younger child.
0: Mm, That's really interesting. I haven't had the conversation yet on this podcast of like, maybe we touched on it a little bit, but of gender norms and how they impacted us, whether that has to do with confidence or not, um, but how the role, how gender roles impacted us growing up. Um is there anything that like you want to speak of on that specific topic because I just I don't know much about it and mm-hmm. I mean I do from like you know a white woman's perspective but as an as a Korean American do you have any thoughts on that and like what that was like growing up and if that affected your confidence in any way
1: Yeah I mean I I one hundred percent think that it has affected my confidence, which is interesting because as you're, as I'm having this conversation with you, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's not the only thing, but I, I think it's one of the bigger things. You know, I feel like growing up, being Asian, being a woman, being, um, you know, growing up in a a church setting, those are. Those are a lot of influences where I feel like somebody who looks like me um, maybe doesn't have, uh, isn't really listened to or um, isn't really expected to speak out or have an opinion. Mm. And I definitely think that that's changing. But, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, that that wasn't expected of me. And, and what was expected of me was to be quiet and submissive and Um, like a peacemaker and just kind of get along with everyone. And, and um, I even kind of assumed this, like, like cute, girly personality that, um, as I've gotten older, I've kind of been like, "Mm, I don't actually know if that's 100% me. But I assumed that personality because it was so likable. And I just wanted to be liked. And so that's who I was. And now, you know, in my 30s, I'm starting to kind of wrestle with those things and, and kind of question like, who is it that I actually am instead of who I thought the world was trying to tell me to be Mm. and that I kind of made myself into so that I could be accepted.
0: That's so interesting. I wrote down as you were speaking, like, who am I? Meaning, did you go through a time in your life where you were like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I dislike (laughs) because I've just been doing what was expected of me, which is something that I can relate to as a woman as well um Mm -hmm. and how challenging it is to like now later on in life be like oh wait I don't know what I like and how like (laughs) wild that is and how some people are like what do you mean but it's like yeah man I just kind of did whatever everybody else wanted um so you weren't so you wouldn't consider yourself a confident kid I was listening to your YouTube series and you talked about how middle school was a really challenging time for you, as is pretty much every single person I have interviewed on this podcast is like middle school (laughs) is the absolute worst. Um, It is. What did you go through and how did you deal with it and how did you overcome whatever challenges you experienced during that time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think middle school is terrible for everybody, to be honest. And I just, you know, we're just going, our bodies are going through some stuff Mm -hmm. and, and it's just a lot to handle. Um, but for me specifically, um, My family moved around a lot and I ended up changing schools a lot. I don't think I went to the same school back to back from preschool to middle school. So middle school was, you know, brand new school, um, didn't know anybody and being a really like shy, kind of awkward, weird kid. um, I, you know, got bullied a lot and, uh, and that's what made it Really difficult on top of just middle school being terrible. I also had some like really terrible teachers. Yeah. I remember one teacher in particular, um, and I like I still remember this to this day. Like my my mom typical like Asian mom came in and was like how come my daughter isn't doing better in chemistry or whatever it was that we were learning and we're like she needs to do well so she can get into a good college I'm like in eighth grade um and my teacher was like well maybe you just need to start considering that your daughter is not cut out for a great college or something like that and (laughs) like, really scarred me, and so, yeah, I just didn't have, like, great teachers, didn't have great, didn't have any friends, didn't really have a great experience, Um, I wouldn't, I don't know that, like, I got, I mean, obviously, I'm over it now, because I'm, you know, in my 30s, but I think it just happens with just not being there anymore, Mm -hmm. you just kind of, I don't know, you just realize everyone had a terrible middle school experience and nobody knows who they are and I definitely didn't know who I was and it's just something that you have to go through and I'm actually really um I think grateful for just the all of the hard things that happened because I think it's made me a more well-rounded, empathetic, um understanding person. Um yeah, and so I'm I'm really grateful for it now, but you know, back then it was so traumatic.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And then <laughs> you talked a little bit about like your struggle with depression and I too relate to pretty much everything you said. If you haven't watched this, this YouTube series that Victoria is doing, man, the depression and mental, mental awareness. I think it was for mental health awareness month in September. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really wonderful episode. Um, But if you haven't listened, can you explain a little bit about like, what you dealt with with depression and how you overcame it because it's such an important topic and it does have a lot to do with confidence because when you're struggling with mental health, everything else just falls to the wayside, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like, you know, I I think my journey with depression is still ongoing for sure. But I, so I, I think I'm still like, Um, figuring out how to kind of get over it or whatever. And, and, you know, with each new, I've changed so many times in my life already. And so with each kind of change, I'm finding things that work for me and things that don't work for me. But I am really grateful to say that, like the darkest, (laughs) the darkest days are behind me. And I think one of the biggest things that I talk about in the, the video, but also just in my life to anybody who will listen is just the importance of therapy um, because it, I mean, it literally changed my life. And I think a lot of times people are so, um, I don't know, it's a lot more common nowadays, but for people who are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to therapy. A lot of them think like, oh, well, I don't have it that bad. Or like, I don't know what I'll talk about, but I think everybody can benefit from it. Whether you're depressed, whether you're suicidal or whether you're perfectly fine, but you just have a couple little like confidence issues or whatever. I think, Just being able to talk to a professional about things and just start opening up and kind of trying to track maybe where things uh, originated from, whether it was your childhood or whatever, um, is really, really helpful in um, moving past depression, but also just growing as human beings, which is, you know, a constant goal of mine is just to continue growing and
0: becoming
1: a better person.
0: It's a lifelong journey mental health it's doesn't just stop you know when you start therapy or when you start your medication you know we're constantly Mm -hmm. changing and evolving and so I'm with you I mean I've been in therapy every week for the past I think like six years now I have finally found a medication that I think is really helpful for me but like yeah but it's like you gotta these things take time and it's a journey and um yeah, it's just so important to talk about. Um in your therapy, I guess it doesn't have to be in your therapy session, but uh in mine, I this is sometimes where I workshop these ideas of like my values and my purpose and how that sort of helps guide me in decision making and in my my confidence. I was Doing another episode and I talked to um, one of my friends, my meditation teacher, actually, and she talked about how she told me her I'm trying to find her for. Oh, she said her values are peace, wholeness, compassion and freedom of self-expression. And so yeah. she like tries to tries to like lead her life um with those four things in mind like when she wakes up and does her meditation she thinks of those four things so that she can really feel like grounded and centered and that she's coming from a place of like authenticity Are do you have any thoughts around like purpose and values and what you feel like you contribute to the world because from an outsider it sounds like this sense of like curiosity and um uh, and giving knowledge to the world is like a really important thing to you. Is that, am I off Mm -hmm. base there?
1: No, that's, that's totally on base. Is on base a thing? (laughs) I don't
0: know. On first. (laughs)
1: Baseball. on one of the bases. Home run. (laughs) Oh gosh, I know nothing. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's true. I don't, I don't know that I've ever like sat down and thought these are the leading, values that I start my day with but as you were listing some of those things I I definitely know that um yeah I, I have certain aims in my life and one of them being um I, I always want to leave a space hopefully like brighter than when I first entered it I love that. um and so I guess that that whole like sharing knowledge thing with the world kind of falls into that space um yeah. And then, yeah, I'm definitely, curiosity would be a huge value of mine, Um, like compassion or empathy, Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing, Um, gratitude. So, yeah, I think that's a really good exercise. I think I might take that and and do that. The only reason that I thought
0: about mine were because of the conversation I had with Angie and when she was talking about just how helpful it is, and I had never sat down and was like what are my core values and like I didn't think about how they could even help me with like decision making process like she was talking about like an opportunity that was presented to her and how she said yes immediately and then like she took the time that night to like think about whether this opportunity was in line with her core values and it wasn't and she ended up like changing her mind and being like you know it's just not the right time for me and I was like man as Mm -hmm. someone who can experience like that indecisiveness having these like values to go back to seems super helpful
1: yeah yeah for sure it's very grounding too. like to start your day and like know what you're about so that you don't get distracted yeah
0: did you (laughs) yeah okay so you high school and then did you go to college after high school
1: Yeah, I went to college. I went to Northwestern, um, which is like forty-five minutes away from where I grew up. uh, And a
0: wonderful college, might we tell your (laughs) chemistry teacher from middle school?
1: It is. Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm
0: grateful. Yeah,
1: loved it. Had a great experience. (laughs) You can suck it. Mm -hmm. No, Um, but yeah, I I went there, and then um, I I majored in, in film, and then moved to LA right after. So I've lived in LA for like. over 10 years now. Wow.
0: I know. Yeah. Time flies. We can't really count this year because nothing's happened, but... um,
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) uh,
0: Did you experience anything in, like, the after college, moving to L.A., that shook your confidence in any way, whether it be related to your career or um, on a personal level? And if so, like, how did you deal with it and what did you do to get through it?
1: Yeah, I mean... I feel like if I were to ever reflect on myself and consider myself a confident person, I think the first time would be probably in my thirties. So moving to LA in my twenties, I don't think I even had confidence to shake. Like I, I was still, I mean, my, my whole twenties were just figuring out who I was Mm. because I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but, um, I had for so long just been trying to be what everybody wanted me or expected me to be that by the time I got to LA, I was, I completely like fell apart and I was like, I don't know who I am and I need to figure it out. And, um, you know, just chameleon, chameleon, chameleon with like every single person that I met, I would just become that person to try to see if it like fit, Mm. um, until I don't really know what got me out of that. I think, um, I mean, a huge part of it was my faith. Um, a huge part of it was, I think, just getting older and you just kind of stop caring about stuff as you get older. Yeah. Um, a huge part of it was just seeing that the number 30 like looming and being like, I see that coming and I feel like I should know some things by then. So like, let me kind of figure out who I am and what I like and what I don't like and what I want to take with me into my next decade. Um, and so I guess, I guess maybe just like a lot of self reflection, maybe just spending a lot of time with myself and, um, and yeah, instead of having other people tell me kind of trying to to spend time with myself and be okay with being by myself, I guess. Yeah. But that's a
0: challenge coming from a world where you have people around who, you're wanting to make happy and pleased to then like sort of I don't want to say isolating yourself, but focusing more on yourself, that can be like a scary journey, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, for sure. Or definitely uncomfortable. Uncomfortable,
0: yes, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um you mentioned faith a little bit. Um can you talk about your relationship with faith and how that's helped you with confidence?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I was raised in a Christian home. I think I mentioned that earlier. And so, like, Christianity has always kind of just been there. Um, But growing up in a Christian home and being surrounded by people who are Christian, just at my church or my family, um, I never really made that decision for myself. It was just something that I did because it was what we did and I wanted to please my parents and I wanted to fit in and it was just all I knew and so I think moving to LA I kind of left that behind like when I when I decided okay I'm just gonna like see who I am I started from scratch really and I just was like you know what I don't really know if I believe that anymore I'm just gonna kind of throw it away and see what I find and I ended up not just because I let go of my faith, but because of a lot of things, I ended up in a super, super dark place. Um, my depression was like in the worst place that it's ever, ever been. And I just was like, not doing well to say in the least. And, um, and I ended up kind of as like a last resort, hail Mary, like praying and being like, I know I've pretty much like shut all over you and like ignored you. And, and, you know, but like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I feel like I, I just don't, I don't know how to like live, you know? And if you're real, I, I need, I need you to like show up for me. And he, and he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really, um, I don't know. It felt like I could just kind of like breathe again. Cause it was one thing had clicked into place in such a concrete way. And then from there I was kind of able to like rebuild my, what I believed in, my values, um, what made me feel good and what didn't, um, and I don't know. It just kind of, it just kind of just clicked in from there. And I think uh, going back to church and finding a church community, and um, you know, my friend group, we've been really good friends. I've had the same set of friends for the past five years now, and that's the longest that I've had any friends really um, consistently that I'm like doing life with every day. And so I think that's made a huge difference. And um, yeah, it just all stems from, from that and me being able to, I think, put my life back together on a foundation of something foundational.
0: Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's a combination of like faith, having a higher power community, and then like, rebuilding yourself based on like starting from scratch and discovering your values and what's important to you instead of just going with what has been status quo but really Mm -hmm. like digging deep and and finding the things that mean the most to you um Mm -hmm. which is like so big I mean the combination of those, of those things is like such an incredible thing to, um, to do. I mean, it's so hard. <laughs> I know. This life, man. Um, it's crazy. So when you, living in LA, did you move here um, by yourself or did you move with anybody that you knew?
1: Um, I moved here by, by myself, which sounds Super confident, but in reality, I was just really young and stupid, Uh, which is, which is fine. You know, we've all been there. But I, I kind of just one day, you know, I majored in film production, and I thought I wanted to be, you know, cinematographer, director or something. And I had no plans after college. Um, and a bunch of my friends weirdly got married super young. So like three of my friends got married right out of college and I was living at home and I didn't have a job and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I felt like everyone was moving on without me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to move as far as I can possibly move. And I'm going to move to LA. So I packed my car and I drove out to LA and I didn't have a job or a place to live or didn't know anybody really. Um, and it just kind of, Worked out. I can't say why. When did
0: when did you make the switch from being on the production side to being an actor? That director cinematographer to actor switch. When did that happen? and, Um, And what can you attribute that to?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, if I had to say like one, like if I had to describe my mentality in my early 20s of like moving to LA and kind of figuring my life out, it was like, no, let's just try everything. And so like, if someone suggested something, I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I don't know. Um, And so I had loosely mentioned to somebody that I wanted to be a director and they were like, oh, well, you know, you should take an acting class because then you'll learn how to work with actors. And I was like, okay. So I went to the first acting school that somebody had recommended to me and I really liked it, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. But then um, my managers, who I have today, ended up having a, a client in my class and so ended up, like, scouting me from that class. Oh, wow. And I was still in my, like, yes, whatever mode. And so they were like, you know, we'd like to represent you. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and then, I don't know, I just kept saying yes until – here I am today, but it wasn't really a conscious decision at all. It was just me saying yes to things and uh, and ending up in a place that I that I'm really happy with. But that's, luckily,
0: yeah. But that's such a that's, I mean that's that's you, you have an openness, right, to be able to do that. You're open to like adjusting the plan that you already had in place. I'm always so I always think it's so cool when someone is doing one thing, and then they recognize that, like, that isn't what makes them the happiest, and then they do a 180 and do what makes them happy because that takes a lot of effort, courage, I mean, time, money to, like, change (laughs) your craft. And so many people sit in a job or a career or a relationship, this can be extended to anything, uncomfortable or not at their happiest state because they've spent X, Y, and Z amount of time doing it so like whenever mm-hmm. I whenever I hear someone being like yeah I was doing this thing and then this other thing made me happier I just think that's such a cool change and um, it also goes to to show like this non-attachment that like is all over like articles about confidence is like this not being attached to an outcome and just like <laughs> in like reveling in the process without yeah without a, being attached to an outcome which I feel like is sort of part of this like moment in your life where you were saying yes to things you were like mm-hmm. riding that wave of process granted it sounds like it was also a really turbulent time for you as well I think is that coinciding with like the time of the the dark Spiraling, moments? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so like you were still going through a lot of stuff but still like being able to like move freely through these moments is, like, I don't know. I think that's super cool. Um How do you deal with, like, a loss of any sort in your life, whether it's it can be acting-related and job-related or friendship-related or whatever that means to you, but when something doesn't go the way that you wanted it to, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that?
1: That is... A wonderful question. I think the way that I used to deal with it was to just ignore it and keep barreling forward. Um, but I've learned that it eventually catches up to you and it's not super healthy. And so I think something that I've been more recently trying to do, and definitely in this you know pandemic time, uh, is just allowing myself to feel feel whatever it is that I'm feeling, like giving myself permission to just be like, if I need to be in bed all day or like make myself a little blanket cave or whatever it is, like just doing that, you know, um, taking a mental health day or crying or being angry or whatever it is um, for a set amount of time, you know, not overindulging myself, like always with the intention of being able to like do it completely so that I can then like move forward um and so that's something that I've been trying more recently um I think it you know it's still really hard um and I tend to um I so I'm I don't know if you like do Enneagram stuff I know you mentioned it a little bit with, oh do with I Kayla, ever. but do I ever. but I am also a four I know what I was
0: gonna say um, I kind good. of already knew that um just based on Based on and how we, you speak and what's important just, to
1: you, but gravitate. Yeah. <laughs> <Of course, laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, we tend to be very like we just like live in the past mm-hmm. and we love to be like melancholy and whatever. And so, because I know that I'm, because I know how easy it is to kind of just get in that, like thinking about the past and being stuck on things that didn't work out and how like. Just unhealthy that is for me. I I try to be very conscious and aware um, and, and not do that. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's I, hard, I, I really... It is hard. <laughs> um, do you know... You're... I think you're married. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Do and you know what your partner's Enneagram number is?
1: Yes, he's a five. We're actually each other's wings. I'm a four-wing five, and he's a five-wing four, oh. which is if I can recommend it, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure it works for other people, but has been excellent for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love fives. This is like, so specific. If anybody doesn't know Enneagrams, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, so what is something that you're working on personally, not like career wise, but like internally mm-hmm. working on, uh, for your personal growth right now?
1: Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is giving myself permission. Um, so kind of what we were just talking about yeah. in when I have, you know, things that don't go well, giving my giving myself permission to feed it instead of just having to be happy all the time or whatever it is, but also just giving myself permission to, um, this was a big one and kind of tie, ties into the Asian American thing earlier, but, um, I realized With study hall in particular, I was really scared to do it and really reticent to do it because I'm like, no one wants to hear what I have to say. Mm. And I realized that that came from, you know, being an Asian American woman and being told that no one wants to hear what I have to say. But like giving myself permission to speak Mm. or giving myself permission to listen alternatively um yeah just giving myself permission to do whatever it is that I I guess feel like is right Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the same thing as giving myself permission to do whatever the hell I want to do because I think um we still have to be conscious about how it's affecting other people um and like the good of the world but um there is a lot about like I, I hold myself back from a lot, just because of really nothing, just because of fear, um, and it's actually, I think, to the world's detriment, yeah. I think, in some ways, um, and so that's something that I think I'm really working on right now, and it's really, really hard. It doesn't it feel natural, um, but I feel like it's been very rewarding yeah. so far.
0: And that's such a two-step process too, right? Because first you have to know what you feel and what is right for you. Then Mm -hmm. you have to give yourself permission to do those things. So it's like a two-part process. And I talk about this in therapy sometimes is like when we form habits or like not even like physical habits, but ways of thinking are even a habit, right? It's going through this specific neural pathway, and when we have to change that way of thinking, it's so used to going this one direction, and we're asking it now to go this new direction that it's really mm-hmm. hard, and it takes effort and time. Um, so yeah, I totally relate to that feeling of like of trying to do this new thing, but it's hard, but it's the it's the right thing to do for you. Um, how do you practice that? How do you work on? on uh, cultivating the use of your voice and um, this giving yourself permission sort of thing? How do you work on that? Is there something that you do to sort of like perpetuate that behavior in yourself?
1: I mean, honestly, you just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just take practice, you know, and and the first time I think is the hardest. And it does take a lot of, um, I guess, self-awareness, but I think that's something that has, I've been practicing over the past few years. So like I'm a little more practiced in that now of just being able to connect what it is that I'm feeling to my head, like more quickly. Um, And so now that I'm more practiced in that, now I'm just trying to practice the second part of it. And I do feel like it has gotten a little easier. And I think too, like bringing in um, like a partner, if you have or a friend or someone who can keep you accountable in doing that um, or like even just, you know, for people who don't know the Enneagram, this doesn't mean anything, but, like, my husband's a five, and so he just loves to question, which is so good for me, because I'll I'll say, oh, yeah, like, I'll just kind of, like, stop doing something, and he'll be like, oh, why did you do that, instead of just letting it go, and so I think having somebody in your life who can do that for you can be like, well, well, why did you? stop doing that? Or why do you feel that way? Or like, do you feel, you know, where does that come from? And just having somebody ask those questions is enough to be like, oh, right, like, it literally just came from a place of fear, or it came from a place of me thinking that I'm unworthy, or whatever it is, and just saying it out loud, makes you realize that actually doesn't really have that much power. And so the next time it becomes easier to, to not do that. Yeah.
0: Or if you don't have a partner or a friend or someone that you trust, like that's another place where therapy is like super helpful Mm -hmm. because that person can ask why and bounce ideas um, off and things like that. So like another wonderful reason to have therapy. Yes. When are you most confident in your life? When do you feel the most confident?
1: Hmm. After a good night's rest.
0: It's important. (laughs) How many hours do you need? It's
1: so important. Oh girl, I need at least eight. Like I am a sleeper seven and I'm like, Mm, I'm too. gonna take a nap today Me too. <laughs> I mean my sleep but that's fine you know Yeah. um and I know that about myself so I, I make sure that I get that but yeah after night's rest like if I'm yeah like if I'm feeling healthy if I'm taking care of my body I feel like a huge part of my mental health is like actually my physical like taking care of my physical body making sure I'm taking my like you know um vitamins and everything but then also I think um like I don't know if I've if I've been making a habit of prioritizing joy and gratitude and all those things that we have talked about before then I feel like I'm just in a more um it's weird because we're talking about how important it is to like look inwards but I think the more comfortable you are with yourself the easier it is to kind of like let go of what other people think of you and actually think more outwardly. Mm. And so I know that I'm doing well and I know that I'm feeling confident if I go out and I come back and I'm like, oh, I wasn't worried about what that person thought about me or if my like outfit was on point or if I said something, whatever, you know, it's like, oh, I I came back because I was I'm happy because I was just focusing on that person and, you know, how fun it was to be with that person or whatever it is, you know. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I'm in a good, I'm in a good space, but it, it, I don't know, it just takes, it takes a lot, I guess, of taking care of yourself to get to that point. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, is there a piece of advice that either you've been given throughout your life that has resonated with you or something that just has helped you, um, whether it's in the realm of confidence or, or otherwise that you want to impart on people listening right now? It's pretty broad, but
1: mm, I don't like, that's very broad. I'm like, let me think for a second. I don't want to
0: like narrow you into a box and be like, it has to be on confidence. It has to be something someone else told you. <laughs> so like, I want to give you the flexibility, but like, yeah, but sometimes yeah. there's like a little something that has stuck with people like that be bold comment from another interview that I mm. did was, was very interesting. Or maybe it's just something you want to tell, like your younger self that like, you wish you could tell your
1: younger mm. you. Yeah, well, I definitely have things that I would want to tell my my younger self. Yeah, or that. Um, I mean, the first thing I would want to tell my younger self is to, like, chill out, girl. Like, you're going to be fine. I feel like I was just so worried about everything. And as you get older, you just realize how little matters. Um, And then I also just want to tell myself, and this is something I'm continuing to tell myself, but it's just, like, just take it day by day, because life is so short. In reality, um, we I mean, it's, it's like sounds so cheesy, but like, we don't know how many days we have. But like, we truly don't. And I think just to kind of be like, just enjoy what is in front of you. Just like appreciate the hour that you have in front of you or the day that you have in front of you. I feel like it just I feel like I would have wasted so much less time like I I wasted time worrying or being afraid or like holding myself back from stuff when it's like just experience what's in front of you I think I would have been a lot happier earlier so
0: it's like be present and be in the moment
1: yeah yeah for sure and that yeah and that is actually really how I live now and I think it's probably why I am as content as I am that's
0: wonderful. Do you like journal or meditate or do anything to help you be in a present moment? Or is it just like years of practicing that has helped that?
1: Um, I think it's practice. I'm a terrible journaler. I wish I could do it. And I just, I don't know. I'm not very good at it. I, I, I'm i constantly trying to be better. So maybe I will be better at it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I like being, I think it's practice, prayer. Um, I don't really meditate. Um, and then I, I do kind of try to set an intention for the day and it's nothing that's like, oh, it has to be different every day. It's usually just like, okay, today I want to make sure that I remember to be grateful for this or whatever it is. Or it can just be like today, I just want to like be kind to somebody or whatever. Um, it's so simple, but I think waking up with a clear, intention that like kind of sets your day in the right direction um yeah it just it trains me to just think about that day and that's it yeah
0: you know what I recently a little tip I picked up that I thought was super cool and I'm gonna do it is like when you do you drink coffee or tea or anything in the mornings
1: Um, I drink tea. I'm not a huge coffee drinker. You drink tea?
0: Well, she put, she would take like a piece of masking tape and write her intention on it and put it on her mug. And so then Mm. in the morning she she would be drinking her tea and like have this intention. I think the one I saw was like. I don't remember if it was creativity or like sensitivity or it was something like that. And so it's just like a a quick moment, like a quick check-in, like what's my intention? I'm going to drink my coffee and like be kind of thinking about that intention. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I really love that idea. I totally want to take that every time I have coffee, which is multiple times a day. So I'm going to (laughs) be filled with intentions. Um,
1: You'll be so full.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to recap the notes that I've taken for Victoria's tips for confidence. And please, please feel free to correct me on any of these that I might have um, written down the thing wrong. So, okay. Excited. Knowledge, curiosity, be bold, do the things that scare you, express gratitude, therapy, leave a space brighter than when you entered it, compassion, empathy, figure out who you are, faith, self-discovery and self-reflection, having a higher power, um, Build and focus your value system. Lean on community. Be open to adjusting your plan. Give yourself permission to feel and do what's right for you. Use your voice, self awareness. Have someone to help hold you accountable. Get the rest you need. Take care of your physical body. Prioritize gratitude and joy. Let go, ooh, my handwriting's bad. Let go of the opinions of others and come back to self. Take it day by day and enjoy what's in front of you. Be in the moment, prayer, and set an intention for your day.
1: Wow, we talked about a lot. We did. That's we hit a good list. We
0: hit a <laughs> lot of stuff in an hour. Um, yeah, girl. Uh, did I do all those sound right or do you want to add or change anything out of that?
1: No, I think that's great. And it's really nice to hear it all. Kind of in a truncated little list so thank you for doing that
0: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> thank you so much for chatting with me it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and um Thanks. having a new friend is always so lovely yeah the weather of Vancouver is it getting a little chilly
1: yeah it's actually pretty cold it's like in the 50s and 40s which is really nice because I think it what it's like in the 80s there still 90 I don't even want to know
0: it's not good <laughs> It's not great. No. Um, Yeah. But thank you again for your time and it was so lovely chatting with you. Same. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence. Whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book, or an event that you went through, leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well, and I'll check it out. Thanks again.